No offense to Sam Horn, but I'm really glad we don't have to talk about him this week or Eli Drinkwitz's job status for that matter. Instead, we get to talk about a big-time Missouri victory, so let's do that right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts at LockedOnMizzou.com. And you know, interestingly enough, even though this is the first Missouri football game that I've picked wrong in terms of the actual winner and loser since Boston College last year. Well, I still feel like I owe some South Carolina fans a little bit of an I told you so. They were just so, some of them on YouTube, just so vociferous in thinking that I was wrong for believing that Missouri had any chance in this game whatsoever. Well, I think as we saw that ball game play out, I think you saw the limitations and perhaps even the regression from Spencer Rattler at quarterback for the Gamecocks. You also saw, once again, a really aggressive and solid Missouri defense that is basically about as close to 100% healthy as you're going to get at this point in the season. But what I didn't expect, and this is why I didn't ultimately pick Missouri last week, I didn't expect that efficient of a Missouri offense. In particular, I thought this was Brady Cook's best game as a Tiger this season to me. And it wasn't perfect, by the way. I thought there were a couple real notable mistakes by Cook. At one point in the first half, he's rolling out to his right on a ball that he eventually throws out of bounds, but Dominic Lovett is running into the end zone with him to the right about 25, 30 yards away wide open. I I just don't know how Cook couldn't see love it there. That was a real mistake there. Also, the pass interference call on South Carolina that really should have been on Missouri's Mookie Cooper. That's a ball. I I like the aggression at some point. If it's one-on-one, I'm okay with it, but especially at about, I don't know, what is, is Mookie Cooper five foot seven? That's probably being maybe even a little bit generous. He's really fast, but throwing a ball up into double coverage with him, Should have been offensive interference on Cooper, but again, actually a really smart play by him. He grabs the player by his jersey. I'd much rather have a 15-yard penalty against Missouri than an interception, so probably the right play by Cooper. Missouri, of course, gets really lucky. But honestly, though, I thought Brady just did exactly what Eli Drinkwitz asked him to do, though, for the most part. Ended up keeping the ball in the run game at appropriate times, showing off his really impressive straight line speed and decision-making maybe in those option plays through some really good downfield balls when he actually pulled the trigger, right, and, and made some nice completions down the field. It just seems like his his confidence is starting to go up a little bit the last few weeks. And that makes sense, of course. With, with experience should come confidence. I think ever since Kansas State – I think Brady's been a lot better since then, and a lot, of course, was made about the second half against Vanderbilt, where Missouri only attempted 
six passes and completed three for a handful of yards. I can't remember how many yards it was, but I think something that I forgot about and didn't mention last week is that was a really, really windy football game. That's something, if you were tailgating like I was before the game, I'm sure many of you did on that nice homecoming afternoon, but I was playing cornhole, and fortunately, me and my the player I was playing against, our old buddy Blake Stark, well, we had the win, so we didn't have any problem getting balls into the, getting the bags into the hole. But the guys who were going into the wind, they were struggling badly to even score a point. So my point is, that was basically kind of old-fashioned Big 12 football there, right? A, pl- a game on the plains with 20, 25-mile-an-hour winds, that's really going to affect your passing game. Well, that wasn't the case. Fortunately, no monsoons this year in Columbia, South Carolina. And again, other than a couple notable mistakes, I thought Brady played really, really well and did exactly what Missouri asked him to do. Now, obviously, he was helped by a very efficient running game on Saturday. Just much fewer losses, especially on first down. As I've said before, as long nobody loves a two-yard gain, right? But a two-yard gain is so much better than a two- or three-yard loss, even on first down. The difference is really stark. When you're just moving forward, football's a heck of a lot easier. And Well, Missouri did better than that a lot of times, and I thought Cody Schrader obviously ran the ball well. It seemed like putting EJ Doma Ogar in at right guard made a difference as well. And impressively, I thought, obviously with a loud South Carolina crowd, Brady Cook had definitely was changing calls, changing protections on multiple occasions. And despite, I I believe, three false start penalties, one I think was maybe even a little bit Brady's fault going a little bit too fast when they still had seven or eight seconds left on the play clock. Just thought the communication overall by the whole team offensively, but especially that offensive line was just noticeably better today. And again, the sideways runs, a lot of those sort of outside zone plays on Saturday, seem to be replaced more by the quick passes to the outside. A lot of a lot of stuff where you'd get somebody like Dominic Lovett in motion and then throw it to him quickly, and that's the kind of thing that stretches the defense out horizontally instead of those outside run plays. That's why I said it sort of replaced them, essentially. Well, it seemed like that combination with a little bit more inside running and a few more deep shots as well mixed into it, it really seems like Missouri figured out at least an effective plan offensively. I don't think they're going to turn into the 2007 Missouri offense anytime soon, but it should be look a lot more effective moving forward than it did in that Vanderbilt victory. You know, I talked quite a bit last week about Luther Burden's troublesome high ankle sprain. Well, he looked absolutely fine. And you know what? Dominic Lovett looked a little bit banged up in the South Carolina game, but still just an incredibly productive game from that true sophomore receiver. Looking like definitely the best receiver on the squad. One of the best leaders as well. Couldn't be more impressed with him so far this year. So let's talk more about Dom. But first, I got to say, speaking of production, My wildly effective winning streak here on betting the under the total in Missouri football games. 
Yes, we did it again, ladies and gentlemen. Chalk another one up in the win column for ya boy. But you know what? This week over at betonline.net, I think they may have finally gotten on to us. Like I said before, the law of diminishing returns is undefeated. 42 and a half is the total. That's the open for Missouri, Kentucky. That seems pretty fair to me. I, I'm probably going to stay away from that one. Not really sure what to do with the line yet. Missouri, a two-and-a-half-point underdog here at home. That's about what I would have expected as well. Three was my guess. So you know what? Let's do some more homework. Figure that out in due time this week on what moves we want to make, if any. But speaking of moves, all the moves you want to make, whether it is football, basketball, foyton, golf, the whole deal, they've got you covered over at betonline.net. Where the game starts. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter to the most exciting stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and beyond behind the scenes, excuse me, with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide that's locked on sports today available on this app youtube and wherever you get your podcasts and you know what former columbia tribune sports editor joe wall jasper on twitter during the game had a a funny joke as he often does a, a low volume tweeter is joe wall jasper but a high efficiency tweeter also is Joe Wall Jasper. Another funny one from him, in my opinion. He said, Dominic Lovett is Fred Sanford between plays and Usain Bolt when the ball is snapped. Well, to that point, Lovett only played 24 snaps in the ball game on Saturday and often was seen sort of limping off the field, grimacing between plays. But each and every time he was targeted, 10 times in fact, well, he caught the ball and generally made something happen with it. As I mentioned before, a lot of sideways passes, screen passes, balls just getting him in motion, getting him, getting his speed out in the open, but some downfield shots as well. So Lovett continues to just do everything well, frankly, as a wide receiver so far. Just a really, really impressive season from him, and really he's sort of showing Luther Burden, hey, here's how big of a leap you can make from being a true freshman to a true sophomore in just one year. So I think an amazing example he's just putting out there by his play on the field. And again, something I've pointed out before, sort of like Brady Cook, I think in the media, Dominic Lovett is just Mr. Positivity, always putting his teammates over and all that good stuff. That's, that's just something that really plays well with me. By the way, when Missouri was up 17-7 to there in the second half, I believe they had a fourth and goal from about the three-yard line and out trots Harrison Mevis for a field goal. Well, I know some Missouri fans wanted the Tigers to go for it. And in a lot of situations, I would totally agree with them. But at the time, in the moment, I thought, hey, this is probably the right call considering South Carolina has only scored seven points so far in this ball game. Hey, getting Missouri up to 20, even though, yes, it, it's still a two-possession game. Regardless there, it'd be nice to make it three by pounding it into the end zone. I just frankly had more confidence 
in Mevis making that kick, our defense holding South Carolina to less than a touchdown, which ultimately happened, by the way. But, of course, Mevis ends up missing the kick. And now it, it's to the point where I have to actually make this part of the calculus going forward because now I, I'm more confident in Mevis from 50 yards than I am from 30 yards, which doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's sort of like, it's sort of like a putter with the yips from three feet at this point, a guy who can drain them in from 15 or 20 feet, but somehow when it gets between three or four feet, he, he doesn't have the right stroke or something like that. It seems like that may be happening with Mevis at this point. It's not just a small sample size. After the Auburn game, I just thought, you know, it's one kick, stuff happens. Well, at this point in the season, it's not just one kick. And I'm not saying we need to bench the guy or anything, but I do have to say, from now on, if it's fourth and goal from inside the five, well, listen, if it's Madden and I've got the sticks and I've got Patrick Mahomes, I'm going for it anyway. But even if you're Missouri and you've got you're, you're a little bit shaky, maybe in your short yardage play calling at times, well, Drinkwitz, you better dr- draw up some good ones because I think at this point, relying on your field goal kicker may be a bit of a fool's errand, at least from those short yardage situations, really deep inside enemy territory. I think the risk is no longer worth the reward. And speaking of Eli Drinkwitz, And his play calling, well, I've definitely had my criticisms of it. Missouri fans have had a lot of criticisms of Drinkwitz's play calling. Some of it fair and some of it not fair, in my opinion. But Drinkwitz did share something last week, actually before the South Carolina game that I meant to get to, just time didn't quite permit it. But I was really impressed with his comments, so I want to talk about those right after these quick words. Well, not only have a lot of Missouri fans been critical of Drinkwitz's play calling, of course, there have been outright calls for him to hire an offensive coordinator, take some load off of his plate, if you will. Well, interestingly enough, Drinkwitz seemed to pretty directly address that whole idea last week before the South Carolina game. He said, quote, I think one of the things that I have accepted The challenge right now is that this situation is one I've created and I need to fix it. It's not somebody else's responsibility. I can't walk out of that room right now because it's not working. I got to dive in there with everybody and say, okay, what can we do? How can I help these guys? And so whatever the future might hold as far as that, we'll decide at the end of the season. And then he goes on to continue here. I do think the past two years of college footballs changed quite a bit, and my job descriptions changed quite a bit with full-time recruiting as far as now your own team, the portal, high school, and NIL. There are some responsibilities that led me to say, okay, I wasn't going to be able to continue to coach the quarterbacks at the level that they needed to be coached. And so I'll just have to reevaluate at the end of the year and say the same thing there. Now, obviously, that's him rather directly again addressing the idea of should he have an offensive coordinator. And to me, that answer, I, I just don't think I could ask for much more 
at this point. Because again, like he says, as he alluded to there at the beginning of that quote, it's too late for him to just say, ah, heck it. Here, somebody else take the take the reins as the play caller. It's not as though the if he's going to hire an offensive coordinator, well, he can't hire him right now. That person may well be hired with a in the middle of their own season right now, number one. And number two, how in the world is he going to have time to scour the college football landscape for an offensive coordinator? And again, just giving it, just handing it over to somebody who's already on staff, well, that's not really fair to that person. And is the offense going to really change in that scenario? So realistically, yes. If this is going to happen, it's going to have to be something that happens at the end of the season. Not even really worth thinking about right now, except just in the general fashion that he put out there, which is, hey, I'll do whatever it takes to make this football team better. I just like that Drinkwitz wasn't stubborn there and then just you know digging his heels in and saying, I call the plays and that's how it's going to be. That would have disappointed me a little bit. Now, again, I just want to be really clear here. Maybe it is the right thing for Drinkwitz to continue to call plays. I just like the idea that he's open to a change, and especially for the reasons that he laid out. The full-time recruiting. Again, like he said, the last two years, the sport has changed in really dramatic ways, in so many different ways. He mentioned the transfer portal. Well, really what he means is the ability to transfer without consequence, seemingly each and every year. That's what the portal really means. That's just The portal is just a shorthand for that, obviously. And with NIL and seemingly every year, the top guys in high school, you might have to get them by their junior, certainly by their junior year, even sophomore years. You're talking to these guys, freshman years at this point. Drinkwitz didn't even mention the fact that he has four young daughters and a wife at home. So he's got tons of responsibilities. So, Again, I just like the fact that he's open to the idea of change. I like that he's acknowledging that, obviously, yes, this hasn't gone as perfectly as he or anybody else would have liked to imagine. But again, at this point in the season, I appreciated that he at least addressed it a little bit. And considering it's this point in the season, I don't really know what anybody else could have expected him to say there. I don't have any criticisms for it whatsoever. And in fact... I applaud his attitude. And finally, one more thing on the Missouri defense. Obviously, to criticize the Missouri defense at all after that performance and just the last few weeks in general would be pretty nitpicky, wouldn't it? But, hey, that's the point of a podcast is to get a little bit nitpicky. So if you were going to pick some nits there, once again, I think Missouri gave up a couple key scrambles by Spencer Rattler on some third down plays that were were somewhat costly. But at the same time, I have to admit, as much as I love watching Missouri play this aggressive, blitzing, usually man-to-man defense that they're that they've been leaning on here in recent weeks, well, occasionally if you're going to do that, I guess that's going to leave you a little bit exposed to the quarterback scramble. And just to me, on second and eight, I can live with that. It's just when it's third and six, third and seven, I would like to see Missouri maybe make a slight adjustment there, whether it is a QB spy or something else, maybe just in terms of how the defensive line gets after the quarterback. I don't know what it is, but maybe just a slight adjustment there. On the other hand, 
If I just have to live with the occasional scramble conversion on third down and the rest of the time, well, the Missouri defense is making life really difficult for receivers on the outside and getting tons of pressure by bringing five or six guys, I can definitely live with it. My only slight hesitation there is I just think when it's third and seven, third and eight, you've got a guy like Spencer Rattler who hasn't really had the best game passing. To me, I'd I'd be more worried about the scramble than I actually am the pass in that particular scenario. But again, really picking nits there because obviously the guys did a tremendous job defensively. Isaiah McGuire maybe had his best game of the year. Among many other players, lots of credit goes around there, including to, of course, Blake Baker. But you know what? Thanks again for joining me here on Locked on Mizzou. Hope you had as much fun listening to this show as I've had making it. Thanks for making us your first listen. Again, for your second listen, how about Locked On Sports today? Everything in the world of sports in under 30 minutes. Sounds good to me. It's what you've come to expect from us here on Locked On. So get it on Odyssey, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So again, until next time, I'm John Miller. And this has been Locked on Mizzou.